You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. We're back in our series, I Vote For, and uh, thank you for voting with your feet. God is moving. We're growing. Uh, This is not a political series. We've said that. Uh, Aren't you glad this last week was pretty mild for the lakeshore in regards to politics? Um, But this is a series intended to get ahead of the craziness that that will be upon us in 2024 in the presidential election, the last few uh, elections. Uh, have been just so crazy, and uh, we, our our goal is that we are going to vote together for the fruit of the Spirit. It would be safe that we could campaign for the fruit of the Spirit, each of us walking in the fruit. And again, this is a series uh, on growth. This is a series for each of us to consider how are we doing in regards to the character traits listed in the fruit of the Spirit. The truth is, God is interested in your transformation. He wants you to grow. He's going to shape and mold us. He does something inside of us. It's not on our own strength. And some of you might say, man, this series has been a long time, and there's a lot of details here. How long does it take for the fruit to be evident? Well, I've got good news and I've got bad news. You can take a step in the right direction today and grow But you'll never, until eternity, uh, embrace it fully. And so today, let's take a step in the right direction. When the Holy Spirit controls our lives, when we give up to Him, it will bear this kind of fruit. Turn with me to Matthew, not Matthew, Galatians, I'm sorry, Galatians, Galatians 5.22. 5.22 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind kind of fruit in our lives. And say it with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Lord, I pray that as we dive in to this uh, list of characteristics for our lives one more time, I pray that you would just speak to us. Help us to grow. Every word here is brought with more insight and depth, more to know, more to grow. And Lord, I pray that today you would just illuminate it one more time through the foolishness of preaching. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As we see this list here, love, joy, peace, patience, they're all tied back to love. Just like Ted was saying with his neighbor, with his uh, uh, delivery person, Uh, People will know you by your love. When we get a hold of these fruit and they start to really be emphasized in our lives, we will be attractive to the culture. We will be standouts. People will look at your life, not that you're perfect, but they will say, I want a family like that. Or I want a friend like that. Or I want a community like that. And today we're going to take one more step with one more character trait with the vote for gentleness. And Jessica, uh, bless her heart, when she found out I was going to preach about gentleness, she said, are you sure that's a good idea? Uh, Because she has called me over the years a bull in the china 
shop, right? Bull in the china shop. And uh, I said, thankfully, gentleness has nothing to do with me being loud in the morning when you're doing your devotions, and I'm up getting my coffee and clanking around the kitchen, or my other bodily noises that just happen uh, in, in general. <laughs> but um, so, so thankfully, that's not the direction we're going, but gentleness. In fact, let me say, how, when is the last time you heard a message on gentleness? Probably not. One commentator said there's perhaps no character trait that is less prayed for or cultivated in our culture than gentleness. And as way of introduction, let's just, uh, whatever your mind goes to, when you think of the word gentle, um, you think of me, gentle Ben. Some of you know that old, you know, I had to look that up. I'd heard that. Thank you. you someone's thinking of me. But um, gentleness is the answer to over half of the list of sinful nature things seen right before the list of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, turn back with me to Galatians chapter 5. Verse 19 says this. says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. We can't hide them, right? And what's interesting is seven out of the 15 that are listed of the sinful nature things, the antidote or the inverse is gentleness. Look, let's look at them. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, and then here we go, hostility, opposite being gentle, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, or dissensions, yeah, Am I reading that right? Division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and things like this. Gentleness is the key, the solution to so much turmoil in our culture today. Just one word. If we could get our mind around it. All of us know people who are loud and harsh and brash and abrasive and threatening and intimidating in their personalities. Come on, we can all think of someone like that, right? Well, the truth is, a lack of gentleness in those areas, it can harm and hurt, especially in our relationships. And so if we can tap into gentleness, it's going to make a difference. Now, gentleness is often misunderstood. It's not admired in our culture, in, our, in, in where we live. Uh, but today, the goal is to bring some clarity, some understanding, and then some application to this word and to this fruit of gentleness. And uh, I do want to say that I've really been praying uh, that today will make a difference in some people's lives. I, I have the sense that this message in particular, not because of anything I'll say, but because of the Word of God, uh, is possibly the most important message of the season for some of the people here. And uh, so I've been praying that we would all walk away with the Lord's help saying, I vote for gentleness. In fact, let's say that together. I vote for gentleness. So let's start with a good definition or an understanding. Gentleness is not uh, just being quiet in the morning, uh, but gentleness is related to meekness. In fact, depending on your version of the Bible, in the list of the fruit of the Spirit, it may say meekness. And, uh, and meekness or gentleness does not mean weakness or being spineless or passive or gullible or naive. And by the way, gentleness is not just for the ladies, guys. You can be a manly man 
and be gentle as well. True gentleness, meekness, is, it's just the opposite of being weak. It requires strength. It requires self-control, which, by the way, we're going to end this series on self-control just a few days before Thanksgiving, and I wasn't that smart when we laid this out, and, uh, I, but I'm grateful that self-control is right before Thanksgiving. It's going to revolutionize our Thanksgivings, um, but, uh, but gentleness, back to gentleness, it's having power, strength, and authority under control. And primarily, we see gentleness in our relationship with others. And gentle behavior can be demonstrated in so many different contexts. Think about your personal relationships, right? It involves listening more, speaking kindly, avoiding hurtful words. Can I get an amen? In our workplace, it's treating coworkers with respect and offering constructive feedback in a non-threatening way. Parents, how many parents here, right? It involves being patient with our kids, even with your adult kids. Sometimes you got to be patient. Mom and dad, mom and dad here, both uh, uh, Jerry and Jerry and Dan and Judy. Avoiding harsh punishment and using gentle tone and demeanor. And just in public, when you're out and about, showing kindness and respect towards strangers, avoiding aggressive and rude behavior using gentle and courteous language. In all these contexts, it's all about kindness and patience and respect. Not tearing people down, but building people up. And you say, okay, that sounds good, right? We all agree, like, man, that sounds great. We should all be gentle. Well, the problem is there are far too many Christians who claim to be full of the Holy Spirit, but do not exhibit gentleness. And so let's turn to the Word of God and say, all right, Lord, speak to us this morning through your Word. What does the Word have to say about this Word being gentle? And I'll say this. The, first of all, the Holy Spirit gentleness is wise. This is an interesting take. I, as I was studying, I couldn't get away from it. I wasn't going to add it. But it, the Holy Spirit gentleness is wise. James chapter 3, verse 17 says, But the wisdom is above, uh, from above is, first of all, pure. It is peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of the good of good deeds. The fruit of the Spirit, right? It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. We start here. Wisdom. We all want a, a measure of, of wisdom. We want to be wise. We want to make good choices, right? Well, listen. Wisdom from above, it's gentle at all times. In Titus chapter 3, verse 8, it says, This is a trustworthy saying. I want you to insist on teaching these things so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. You're saying, all right, here comes the, the mic drop. Here it comes. Here comes the wisdom. Listen to the words here written in uh, Titus chapter 3. It says, do not get involved in foolish discussions about spiritual pedigree or in quarrels or in fights about obedience to Jewish law. These things are useless and a waste of time. If people are causing divisions among you, give a first and second warning, and after that, 
have nothing to do with them. In other words, we should be gentle in our approach. The wisdom is when there's division, we are going to be gentle. And when we're not, or when we see others that are not, we'll give them one chance, maybe two. And after that, we are going to walk away and we're going to let it be. Proverbs 15.1, here's kind of the crux verse for this morning. And it's going to describe and kind of uh, tie into these cans on the stage. But Proverbs 15.1 says this, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare up. The truth is, in our lives, in our uh, where, where we rub shoulders with people, there are little fires, little situations all around us in our families, at school, and different things. And if we can hone into this verse that a gentle answer deflects anger, we're going to see how that relates to water, but harsh words make tempers flare up. See, we have a choice. We can either put water and calm a situation, be gentle, or we can bring a harsh word, stir up, and what happens when you put a little gasoline on a little fire? It gets worse. <laughs> it goes crazy. And so the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us and help us to be wise. It starts with wisdom. Holy Spirit gentleness is also humble. The Holy Spirit, he wants us to be humble. Ephesians 4 says this, Therefore, I, as a prisoner, a servant of the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. He's talking to the church in Ephesus. He's not talking just to the pastors. He's talking to every single uh, congregation member. And it would apply to every single one of us. Each of us have a calling. And if we have a calling, if we've kind of tapped into who God is and what he wants for us, verse 2 says this, always be humble and gentle. He puts them together. Be patient with one another, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Again, highlight that. Circle it. Always be humble and gentle. Back to Titus chapter 3. At the beginning of chapter 3, it says, remind the believers to submit to the government and to its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to, to do what is good. They must not slander anyone, uh, put gasoline on the fire, must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. I've got a question. How hard is it for us, for you, to lose your temper? You don't have to be bumping anybody. I'm talking about you, not your neighbor. It's far too easy for all of us, and we often need a dose of humility and gentleness. Now, humility is not weakness. When you are humble, you have the strength of God on your side. Can I get an amen? 
You're never weaker than when you're full of pride, when you're dumping gasoline on a fire, right, in regards to quarrels. You are never stronger than when you are humble before God. You say, why is that? It's because when we submit to him, his presence fills us. He helps us in our weakness. And so we say, Lord, we want more of you, more humility. Put water on those on those fires instead of gasoline. It's water instead of bringing up faults and quarrels and slander. Holy Spirit, gentleness is wise, it's humble, and it's also rewarded. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, in the Beatitudes, it says, God blesses those who are humble. Uh, that word there, uh, in some verses, it blesses the meek uh, uh, or the gentle. Um, for they will inherit the earth. That word gentle, humble, meek are, can all be used interchangeably. And it says that you're going to be blessed. You will gain the earth. That means on this side of heaven, you will prosper when you have an attitude of humility, of gentleness. You are meek. So where can we see this? Where can we apply this in our lives? How about first at home? For those of us that are married, we need to listen. We need to speak kindly, avoiding hurtful words. With kids, we need to be patient and avoid harsh punishment, right? And in uh, gentle tones. How about in our interaction with others? We are all going to be commissioned to reach our ones this Christmas and say, man, we want to bring you to church. We want to invite you in to the family of God. And as we do that, sometimes we can have a harsh approach, but no, we want to bring a gentle approach. Let the love of Jesus shine through. By the way, uh, we are planning for growth in Christmas, and I forgot to say this, but uh, we one of the services, uh, and we'll, we'll let you know which one, uh, we're, we're, the kids are not going to start with us in the sanctuary. Uh, they'll have their own worship and uh, have an entire service in the back as we kind of get closer to, to Christmas and uh, just believing for that. But in our witness, we need to bring a gentle approach. And I said earlier, this could be the most important message of the season for some. And it could be because of that reason for reaching your one, to bring a little water instead of gasoline into our situations. Holy Spirit, gentleness is wise, it's humble, it's rewarded. There's one more. Holy Spirit, gentleness is the very nature of Jesus. And uh, Jesus is always the answer, isn't it? Your kids, when they come out of kids' church, hey, what'd you learn about Jesus? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's always right. But it's true here, too. And with the fruit of the Spirit, Jesus is the perfect example. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29, Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden, uh, uh, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Why? Because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus is humble. He's gentle. And what's great is we get Jesus inside of us, and that should make us humble and gentle. 
The perfect example is Jesus coming in, um, and they're celebrating Jesus coming into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, and the, he is riding on what? A donkey? A donkey's colt, I think it says. Verse 5 says, look, your king is coming. He is humble and gentle, riding on a donkey's colt. That is the opposite of what the people of that day expected for a king to come in. Uh, It was a perfect example of patience and gentleness. The most powerful person that's ever lived, God in the flesh, Jesus, he comes into town riding a donkey. The opposite of what happened in Aladdin when Prince Ali came in on all the elephants and all the fanfare. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He came in, Jesus came in gentle. Another example of Jesus being gentle was John chapter 8. The story is the woman caught in adultery. And when we say that, we read that story. But can you just imagine, put yourself in her shoes. It says that she was caught in the act of adultery ripped out, probably half naked on the street. And the law said that they, the people could stone her to death. That's the gravity of that story and just how vivid. It's crazy. But what does Jesus do? He steps up. He draws a line in the sand and he says, hey, whoever is without sin, you cast the first stone. And then after all the accusers leave, Jesus says, Go and sin no more. He's gentle with the woman caught in adultery. What can we learn from that? There are hot topics. There are situations um, that, that we will all face. And what we should do is pour a little water instead of gasoline on those. How about a little love? How about a little gentle? It takes more discipline to be gentle. But Jesus is gentle. He is our example. So where's the rubber going to meet the road for you? My guess is in the next week and a half as we will visit with family, extended family, and at Christmas time, this particular character trait may be tested. You don't have to raise your hand, but I know it, it, it happens. And when I think about this particular one, I think it has potential to be the most important message of the season. Because we're going to walk in to our families and spend time at the table or watching the game or whatever it is. And in the past, well, even today, you have really boils down to two responses. You can either be gentle or be a jerk. Gentle or a jerk. I know it's a little crass, but you can decide today to be gentle. You decide what the world is going to see in you. It's with the Holy Spirit's help, of course. And some of you are thinking, well, that's just too hard. I've already, I'm stuck in my ways. It just is the way it always goes, or um, they don't see it the way I see it, or, you know, there's always the argument about whatever the case might be. And you say, I'm just a lost hope. No, I don't think any of us are a lost hope because of one more example, the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, before he was saved, before his salvation experience, 
He was the exact opposite of gentle. He was harsh. He was a murderer of Christians. He was uh, like the epitome of harsh and hard and just everything bad. But after he gives his heart to Jesus, after the salvation experience, Paul, when he goes to write to each of the churches and all of his letters, he's encouraging over and over in every single letter, I believe, to be gentle. There was a change in him. We see it in Philippians 4 and Titus. We've already read that. In 2 Timothy, we see it in Galatians. We see it in Ephesians and, and in others. And the point is, if the Apostle Paul can have a heart change, you and I can have a heart change as well. And so the expectation is pretty high that we would tap in to this character trait. And as we wrap up, I want us to just imagine that we would all have what I'm calling a spiritual MRI. How many have ever had an MRI? I have. You kind of go in, and we got some x-ray techs here. You know all about it. But what happens? It's Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Some of us need to be put in and say, okay, am I becoming compassionate and reasonable and kind, or am I becoming more rigid, crusty, unyielding, inflexible? Am I more considerate, more generous? Am I fair in my dealings with others, or am I rigid, demanding, exacting, Am I sensitive to the insecurities of my colleagues and my friends and family? Or do I let my mouth run and pour gasoline on hot topics? And only God, through his help, can make us more like Jesus. Isn't that the truth? Gentleness in our culture. It's needed today more than any other season in history, perhaps. People are more aggressive, more uncaring, more insensitive. In business, we profit and we look for a competitive edge, and it seems that there's little room to be gentle. But listen, we are not of this world. We are called to be in God's kingdom. And the opposite of the world is to be gentle, And the cool thing is, don't forget, it will be rewarded. It may not look like you think, but you will be blessed. There's one final thought as we close. I think we should be also like shock absorbers. How many of you um, ever think about your shocks on your car or on your motorcycle? We don't think about them until they stop working. Am I right? But as soon as they stop working, it's evident, right? Well, gentleness is like that as well. Gentleness is quiet and unassuming fruit of the Spirit. We often don't even notice it or appreciate it, but you take it away, and all of a sudden, you notice its absence. When someone lacks gentleness on the inside, they stiffen up inside. And when someone hurts you, instead of absorbing the shock, you just bounce that hurt back at them and everyone 
else. And before you know it, we're all living in a world of hurt. So I believe God wants us to be shock absorbers. Chuck Swindoll said this, gentleness includes being calm and peaceful when surrounded by heated atmosphere, emitting a soothing effect on those who may be angry or otherwise beside themselves and possessing tact and gracious courtesy that causes others to retain their self-esteem and dignity. Kind of a long sentence there. If you boil it down, the fruit of gentleness helps us smooth off the rough edges and enables us to absorb the hurt of the world instead of bouncing them back out where they continue to cause untold harm. You might be wondering, well, where in the world did you get that shock? Well, this is a shock from my Honda PCX. Thanks for asking. And this, oh, don't go there yet, brother. Oh, man, don't, don't ruin my surprise. Too late. Just leave it there. Yeah, just go back. Just, just leave it there. When my scooter that I love to ride hit about 10,000 miles, I was noticing that the shocks were not working quite right. And, uh, and so I actually in, uh, enlisted some help. Uh, Nate Biller uh, helped me. Uh, put some new shocks, and these are the new shocks. They're red, which they look really good. Uh, they got an oil reserve, and these are YSS shocks. And, and I'm telling you, it was a huge upgrade. And I was thinking, man, and so, and so I was able to keep the old ones. I have no idea what I'm going to do with these. I, maybe they'd be good for a hammer or something like that. But, uh, but this morning I grabbed this, and I was thinking about the truth of the fact that some of us, we've been riding too long on the shocks, and they're maybe not as effective as they once were. And there may be some here that need an upgrade. And today, God wants to deposit an upgrade, a different perspective, a way to apply this in the next couple weeks and through the end of the year to really hone in, saying, all right, with God's help, I will vote to be gentle. Let's pray. And worship team, you can come. Lord, we thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, that you work on us. And you're patient with us. And you're gentle with us. And you smooth off the rough edges and enable us, Lord, to absorb the hurt of the world instead of just bouncing back harshness and disaster. And uh, Lord, help us, God, to not be stiffened up Help us not to be inflexible or rigid or crusty, but instead to be compassionate and reasonable and kind. Lord, do a work in each of us today for your glory and for your honor. Lord, we thank you, God, for your work. Lord, help us, God, to hone in on Psalm 139. Search us, God, and know our hearts. Reveal areas in our lives where we may be less than gentle. And God, help us to choose today not to be a jerk, but to be gentle instead. Lord, we ask this in your wonderful name.
Amen. Let's stand. We're going to respond with a song about God's love and how it helps us, and it really makes the difference. And uh, Pastor Bobby, it's all yours. Come on, let's just thank God for his loving kindness, for his faithfulness, for his goodness this morning. Let's just thank him in our own words. Lord Jesus, we just thank you. And it says that even when we were your foes, we were fighting against you. We were people who were setting fires that you were trying to put out. That even in those moments, you still fought for us. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your gentleness because so many times we are abrasive, we are harsh, we are unforgiving, we are unrelenting. Lord, and yet you have forgiven us. Yet you have set us free time and time again when we are the ones carrying the gasoline. even maybe sometimes catching ourselves on fire in the process, Lord. You come time and time again and you wash us clean. Lord, we thank you. It's with this heart of your kindness and your goodness that we want to be people who are gentle as well. And Lord, we know that we need your spirit. We need your spirit in us, working through us. And we know that as we leave this place that we are going to a lost, hurting, and broken world with fire set everywhere, Lord. And so we need your presence. We need your spirit. We need your gentleness so that we can be those people carrying the water cans, putting out those fires, being those shock absorbers, Lord. We can't do it on our own. Lord, we thank you that you have called us that you have trusted us to be your emissaries, to be your ambassadors to a lost, hurting, and broken world, that we are the firefighters. That as the world is burning, let us be people of peace, people of tranquility, people of gentleness. And we know that as we go, that your spirit of gentleness will be before us, behind us, and all around us every single step of the way in our workplaces, in our homes, in our families, at our schools, Lord. And it's all for your glory and in your name that we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. You can go in the grace of God. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.